You, uh, My get, name's Mikey Mouse. Did you get uh did you just get back from Disney World this week? <clears throat> get out of here, Mikey. Hey, so what's up? It's Russell. It's Rusty. How's it going, y'all? Uh, I did. I got back from Disney and I'm I'm drinking from my Walt Disney souvenir mug um, that my dad got me. And man, it is so dang expensive down there. It was amazing and it was so magical how much I waited in lines for rides, but <laughs> the wonder is, of waiting. Hey, that's the wonder of it's great. patience. <laughs> patience. Yeah. There you go. Way to loop it in. Y'all, this is never ending adventure, uh, an adventure time podcast where me and Ned are slowly going through adventure time, one episode at a time. And I've never seen it. Ned loves it. And y'all know the drill, but we're back. You, you know about it, man. Yeah. I, there's a never mind. I was trying to do a one of a finism or something like that, but I couldn't think of it on off the head. Oh, it's all good, man. No. Yeah, but this is what this season two. We are in episode eighteen. Susan yeah. Strong introduction to Susan Strong, which this is good in the yeah in the lore in the canon. Like this is a big is a big moment here. I'm I'm rather excited to talk about this episode. I, I, know, I don't really know anything about Susan Strong. I'm happy that. Very little has been spoiled for me about Susan Strong, but I, I'm excited to see and and learn a little bit more about her. I'm sure we'll discuss some things this week that that might lead me to discover things I don't know. And that'll yeah. be really fun. Yeah, I, I'm having to walk on eggshells around some spoilers here, so I'm going to mm-hmm. be very careful, like talking well, anything big picture Susan Strong for sure. Let's kick it off. She's got hair. It's blonde hair, right? She. Is she related to Finn? Do we do we know this? What's up with that? You know, am I just being crazy? No, I think they definitely gave her the the blonde hair and blue outfit, um, yeah. on purpose to really just get the crowd questioning. So if for anybody out there who's watching it the first time, it you're just like, oh, like potential human. Oh, like same hair and same mm-hmm. like she's got a cat on her head instead of like a bear. You know, the ending is so good. I, yeah. I love how they handled that. I mean, I think I have it written down. So at the very end, we're just skipping to the end, but yeah. But essentially, Finn goes, Jay, do you think she was human or just another wild animal? And then Jay says, We are all wild animals, brother. And then Jay, or Finn says, Yeah, I guess we are. And I, yeah. there's just something about that that is just like perfect. She looks back, it's like very like, do I go with my tribe or do I stay with this person that might be like me? Kind of a feeling. She doesn't yeah. reveal who she is or take the hat off. Is she yeah. a fish person? Is she not? She's probably not because she's, you know, I mean, I've looked at Wikipedia. It says human on it. So yeah. yeah so like, I mean, you could have, you could have been on TikTok, Instagram and like anything is going to be spoiled at this point, you know? But people love Susan. It seems like people like unanimously are really about Susan Strong from what I can tell. Yeah, she's got, I mean, just incredible character development one. So like, first of all, we see development in this episode that her learning curve is is just so quick. You know, she goes from being scared of grass to obviously having a sit down with Princess Bubblegum in the Candy Kingdom. And Princess Bubblegum, you know, she's got her guards up you know, all the time. She's got her scientific guards up. She's really nervous about it. 
and they end an intellectual, this, if you will. Yeah, sort of. and they end this dinner with her being like, "Great to meet you, Susan. I'll see you later." And I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, so it was she's like, a pleasure. like, she's gone straight from like barbaric to being able to sit down in the presence of royalty and and but conduct herself. Be, you know, it could be PB being like, "Oh, you're so fascinating because you're so primitive or whatever." But I, I think what you're saying is kind of more what it actually was, where it's like. She improved enough to where, like, look at this potential other human, and it's not like a weird situation, you know. I mean, obviously, she still has certain instincts where she's like, "Candy, I'm obsessed. I need it. Give me, you know, the <laughs> peppermint butler." Who we just saw how yeah. crazy peppermint butler is, and in this episode, he's just like another one of the people in the town, you know, yeah. like no big yeah. deal. Peppermint butler's here. He can't, yeah, he can't always be evil, right? He can't. He's got to be a little bit candy sweet. Yeah. He doesn't but, really do anything this episode, but but it was really <laughs> interesting and it, it does plan a little bit of that theme of nature versus nurture where we see two humans, Finn and Susan Strong, and they obviously had very different upbringings. Yeah. And Susan Strong, she's plenty smart, as you said. She's plenty capable of learning very quickly. Um, and she, but she grew up in a secluded, primitive way of living, you know, in the bottom of that, like, Kind of like a bunker, you know, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, I got yeah, a couple of I mean, you touched on like two topics here that I have as as very interesting topics for this episode. And one is that yeah, we'll start with the bunker there. You know, it's this hatch in the middle of the Taffy Forest that's been cut down by Uncle Gumbald. Again, no spoilers. How's no one seen this before? It's yeah, right there. That's you what can I see said. Candy Kingdom from it. Like, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. It's a big old metal hatch. And that underneath it is this entire city. And like, I kind of took a moment to like, try to look in the background and you see that there's like roads going over. There's buildings that have collapsed. Um, there is also, I was like, oh, what if this was a city that was buried? But at the same time, if you look on like the stalactites and the stalagmites that are like connected, um, you can see like speakers attached to them as oh, if it really? were like a public announcement speaker. So there was some sort of underground functioning society, which leads me That's to my, me. theoretically speaking, theoretically speaking, this is a true city that was built as a nuclear bunker in the case of any sort of like mushroom war. And... A, a big thing here in a theory that I read online was that this was a bunker that was potentially made for humans that was purposely meant to be left open or cracked open so that there was still some sort of testing and experimentation on what would slight exposure to like nuclear fallout mean. And that's why these might have been humans and how this show spells people. it is H Y O O, like humans. Oh. But that's why they're kind of like fish people, is that they like had these mutations to the way they could adapt to their environment. So you think the theory is that those are actually human people? They're yeah. just interesting. Yeah, that they, that they had evolved and been there since, you know, for whatever, a thousand years. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I don't really have a theoretically speaking myself. I think I was more so just leaning toward. She is going to be so much more smart and normal every time we see her from here on out. That exactly. Is, if I have to have a theoretically speaking, that's what I would guess. Yeah, and, and you're spot on, man. Learns. Yeah, 
Yeah, that so, she she gets out of there. She doesn't. You realize that she still kind of hangs out in like caves well, and stuff. She's but. so curious. I bet she's she's wanting to know more now. Mm-hmm. You know, because all she knew was what she lived in her environment, but now yeah. she sees this outside world. Which yeah, also, and she that's could actually, climb up. I don't know why anyone ever never climbed up the hatch because well, there were. If she was bars. scared of grass, there there's yeah, a, that's true. a that's whole true. like fear of you know exploring the your out. And actually, that that leads me to the, my second kind of cool point of cool. what you were mentioning. Um, and it was actually that episode events here are similar to Plato's allegory of the cave, whereas essentially you know Plato and Socrates were you know thinking of like scenarios, whatever philosophers do, but they were saying that this is like, if you hypothetically, allegorically had a society of people chained to a wall, facing like facing the wall in a cave, that over time, their reality, they would only see the dancing shadows on the wall, um, which is another cool part of the episode where they have the shadows of the candy people on the wall. And that philosophy itself is when you break free of that change of chains and you start to realize that, Hey, this reality I've built where I can identify people based on shadows. I only know shadows is that philosophy is exploring uh, the world outside of your own constructed reality and realizing that there's people and it's not just all the reality that you created for yourself. Man. Um, that's so that was kind of cool. It's, they awesome. had the shadow aspect and then definitely like Susan strong being like, this is the world, you know, this is yeah, the real certainly. world. And they used the shadow aspect as like a foreshadowing to how Finn was going to try and defeat her later on, which is not, it's not really related to what you just said, but, but yeah. certainly I thought that was interesting for it to have a dual meaning is pretty incredible. Yeah. I thought, I thought it, was like a, it was like a play back to like Susan discovering the reality, but then the shadow aspect was like the candy people. Yeah. You know, and there's their creepy shadows. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I guess just the lack of exposure, the light. I mean, they must just have freaking like bat eyes or something at this point. Yeah. You know, her eyes like remain see. green through the episode. Did you know that? I, or I, noticed I, that? Noticed, I noticed some like weird, there was something going on with their eyes the whole time, especially like when they were at the campfire. And that might've just been when she was like, so awed by Finn's mm-hmm. uh, song he was singing her, but I'm not, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I I, well, I just noticed it. I, I would, I would chalk it up to like your, your eyes adjusting, you know, having yeah. to do like a long adjustment so. to light again. Yeah. And I also, my other like thought was just how un, the unknown is so scary sometimes when you, when you have never been there, you've never done that thing before. And that's why we see her being so terrified of all these random things that we take for granted as just like, oh, whatever, you know? Yeah. That but if they we, did if say we... grass blood and that freaked me out a little bit. I was like, all right, well, you know, it's not grass blood. It's not grass <laughs> it's just blood. Just grass stains, you know? But Yeah. Well, there was a great irony to that whole scene mm-hmm. when um, she's scared of the grass and Finn's actually like, Susan, calm down. Grass can't hurt you. Um, and for a small spoiler drop, that's not going to be too affecting of like you viewing the show is it's, it's just ironic because when Finn gets the grass sword, you're aware of the grass sword that the grass sword, they have an incident with Susan and pretty much the grass sword almost ends up killing her. So it's really ironic that, that grass actually whoa. does hurt her in the future. 
Man, yeah. Maybe she was right. Maybe she should have been scared. We got a freaking yeah. sword made out of grass. Are you kidding me? I'm yeah, maybe maybe now. she was smart. Maybe she, <laughs> she knew that there was this like, you know, meta sword out there. Gotta wear gotta wear shoes. That's gotta that's wear. my takeaway. That's my uh, lesson for this episode. Always wear shoes. I was, yeah, Always I was, be shoes in. They li- <laughs> shoes in strong. Shoes and strong. <laughs> oh my gosh. Someone get her some shoes. I'm gonna get her some shoes. Did she never wear shoes like through the rest of the show, man? Like it's so oh my funny. Gosh. Uh that is hilarious. I hope we remember that when we get back to Susan later on. Yeah. Well, shoes I wanted to strong. ask you if you noticed, because like this is, you know, it's a it's the first introduction to other humans. Yeah. Like, like she's massive. She's super I mean, like, she's not just like strong, she's like massive. And I wanted to get your she thoughts breaks a boulder, on dude. That. Yeah. A weak level enemy, but I guess that's a rock. She destroys a whole boulder. That must mm-hmm. be a, a slightly stronger level enemy. So did that not like cue you up to think, is she or is she not human? No, it certainly made me interested. I mean, maybe that's her mutation from she got lucky. She didn't turn into a fish. She turned into mm-hmm. that's a, a really strong though. boss. But no, I, I liked her a lot. She's my tops for the episode. Oh, Just, okay. Nice. Susan Strong... Just- is my tops. Yeah. She's a gentle giant. You know, she's like a big child learning so fast. She has her own language, which do we know what that language is? Or is that just, I thought I was going to stumble across something. If it was like a mix mash of English with something, I think it's just kind of like broken English sounding noises, you know? Okay. Well, she's great, man. I, I don't have any real deep thoughts about her other than what we've already talked about or discussed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And And she's, she's definitely my, like, Almost my lovely, but not my lovely. Yeah, and not my lovely either of this episode. I think she will be in the future at some point. Yeah, um, but I had a couple. I had a couple of moments of tops in this episode. One was yeah. when Finn was like on the Jake couch, and he was like, he pats it, and he's like, "Oh, come on, it's so cute, it's so cute, <laughs> it's, it's um, so gentle." Like, un- yeah, he and, he, and he's her. so it's sweet. Like he's reading to her. and empathizing, yeah, with her and and who she is, and and yeah. he's like understanding, like, oh, I have to be careful it's just like when a when you see those videos of like dogs meeting the baby for the first time yeah and it could be a wild dog but then they're like oh this is my human and they're just yeah. so like calm and like you're part of the wolf pack and i i love that i love yeah that. and I'll, I'll i have a, another like deep thought kind of more yeah. more along finn's line of thinking here and like why he behaves the way he does but um we're, we're gonna yeah we'll get into that in the second half over here but yeah. second tops was just the susan strong song by the fireplace Interesting. Over I, Finn's song? Yeah. Like, or no, like, no, this one, like Susan's oh. strong song. Yeah. But the one that Finn sings. The fo- Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like such, a, I really enjoy when Adventure Time, they have all like musical aspects thrown in the show all the time, but when they really shell out and do like a song that rhymes and flows and is like harmonious, it's just a great song. Are you sad that I'm not singing this episode? No. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan oh, a song. Then we need Michael uh, in here if we start singing. Finn got me, man. Freaking Finn goes, Susan Strong, you turned my heart on. And I was like, mm, maybe that just that one part we could do without. I don't yeah, know if I like that phrasing. This is this is how we're probably going to kick off the second half. It, it just Finn in general in this episode. I have a lot of thoughts on, on Finn and his yeah. development in this episode. Outside, like, we are focused on Susan's development. But I, there's a lot of Finn stuff going on, and we're going to dive deep into that. But yeah, before I think, that, um, I last topped the episode, episode was Stachy as yeah. a Stachy as a Beelzebub. 
<laughs> no. Starchy is adorable, man. I, I love Starchy there's for a good, sure. There's a good dark side to Starchy coming up in the future. So you can see like dark he's side. He's a freaking devil here. Or he's a devil. devil. He's yeah. a grave digger. Like he's a dark man. character, man. Is he really? This episode? I mean, and well, yeah. also I think I theorized in the first episode that he was a cannibal as well. But um, man, and this... This episode and in the next episode, because we're going to record that today as well, if we can. But I, I'm like, man, I am just like so gullible with this show because I just don't know what to expect sometimes. And yeah. And so, and or how sometimes I'm just like, I'm just so dumb, but freaking, I had to look <laughs> up what a meals above was. <laughs> I was like, it's like, what is that? I mean, obviously he's dressed up like a devil, you know, but yeah, fascinating. I had, the, it, I had to do some really idiotic Google search. I, I Google search. I was like, I know it's like a devil. And then I Google search and I was like, yeah, it was, it was a devil yeah. basically. Just confirmation. Yeah. But I was like, that's just not a word you hear very often. Really no, good. Not. There's a word of the day, which isn't really a <laughs> segment here. That's my word of the day. Gee, that's a good above. word of the day though. It'll be used yeah. in future conversations. Yeah, I hope so. And so we'll shoes and strong. <laughs> <laughs> shoes and strong. So good. Oh, but man. Dude, well, we, we open up with PB has a parasite. Did you see that? Yeah. there's a, and, I, and even in next week's episode, there's another science parasite in that episode. And ah. like, so they, I, I didn't realize how much they really threw it into season two, that there's a lot of them. Yeah. Because we had yeah. a in her hair's Dr. Princess. Back. She's pretty great this episode. Yeah. You, you see a little bit more of the cheesy side of PB. And then when she's like, we're going to defeat this enemy, she's, she's not so evil. She has all the a cute blue, candy. Blue, blue. Yeah, the blue, blue, blue. I, dude, she was almost my lovely. I'm sorry, I, um, I couldn't do all it. Right, you've been flirting around the idea. Well, who is your lovely? No, I, I couldn't do it. I almost made her my lovely, and I was just like, I can't, I can't do that to my listeners, to the fellow travelers that we have. No. Um, yeah, no, my lovely is the marshmallow kids. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. Yes, that was mine. Yeah, dude, they they never run from a scrap, man. They're just so freaking <laughs> awesome. And you think that what that is a insanely powerful like power move like light yourself on fire yeah and run was out it there planned? was that no, planned, wasn't or planned. Did Jake just do that I think Jake didn't even mean to do that but they they run out there and catch all the humans on fire well they foreshadowed that as well at the campfire when they were eating marshmallows and mm-hmm. then you have and they were roasting them you know and so I love that that came back such a small random thing came back. Well, it was a a thing that defeated the fish people. It was a, yeah, I was going to say it was a thing that came back just because it was showing that Susan's experiences have made her not afraid of things, like not afraid of flaming marshmallows and like that the world is not necessarily a scary place anymore. But they, they end up being gooey for a while. Yeah. That was was like, like, oh, best line of the episode was like, it's all guy. We'll be just be gooey for a while. Well, they, they're paying the ultimate sacrifice. If you ask me, like, what they're doing is they're shedding off an outer layer. They're not growing that back. They're marshmallows. They just get they, like smaller and they're smaller. They're getting smaller and smaller until they die, man. And yeah. they really paid the ultimate sacrifice to protect the Candy Kingdom. And they're my lovely. They're great. They are great. They are great. I, I have to say, like, just even voice acting, their actions, and just the like sheer group power force of will like we're going into battle guys and they all just like <laughs> are gung-ho for it i love it i love it. second place lovely not a great but marshmallow loving beaver was my second lovely very good yeah great just, lovely. It, like I, I was like oh man i want more of that character and that's how mm-hmm. i just knew it was my lovely or I do second lovely say, second place 
it seems like the marshmallow people have been caught on fire before because they're pretty nonchalant about like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Like we're Maybe good. that was PB's secret science torture experiments was like, how oh, no. did these marshmallow people stay alive if we catch them on fire? Can never make her my lovely now, Ned. <laughs> never. Hey, it's all ulterior motives with her, man. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see you, man. Yeah. Well, well let's dude, take a, let, yeah, let's take a yeah. little break. Um, got a good oh, advertisement boy. for you. Let's get back into the advertisements, huh? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, see y'all. Oh boy, welcome fellow travelers. <laughs> My name is Mikey Mouse, and I'm here courtesy of the Bubblegum Labco. They got me promoting these dumbass 100% real animal hats these humans be wearing these days. They call them all kinds of animals. <laughs> and it says here that some of the fan favorites are Doofy, Bluto, and uh, Ronald Duck. Uh, oh boy. Wait a second now. Now just wait one fucking second. They look like all of my friends. Well, what the fuck is going on here, Ned? You tricked me. I, I, I thought we were friends. Oh, boy. Oh, what is up, Neddy Poo? What's up, Neddy? The, the new Mikey Mouse character. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of, of not character. being as explicit. So maybe that's it's good to... <laughs> Dude, what are you talking about? He's just our buddy. He's just Mikey Mouse. He's, he's just hanging, hanging out. out in the corner, man. Yeah, man. He's over here. He's, uh, well, oh, he came down here. Fuck. I know he's, <laughs> he's helping you out, keeping me, uh, fed and, and clothed and, and, uh, hydrated in your basement right now, I think. Actually, I don't know. Am I out of the basement? I'm not sure. I don't remember. That's, a, that's up to you. Yeah, I guess that is up to me. We'll we'll dive back into the canon of this podcast a little bit later on. But for now, I need to know, Ned, when you're at a campfire and you're hanging out with uh, Shoes and Strong, what is your go-to marshmallow strats? All right, I got I got two different strategies for two different scenarios. Love First it. First scenario is when I'm actually going for like the perfect s'more. Like you want the perfect mush. And, oh, and yeah. I'm a golden brown. Like let's get the insides gooey outsides of the marshmallow actually don't matter so that's a that's a long like roast slowly over the fire maybe not even brown it up but get it super gooey are you putting the cracker and the the chocolate over the fire for a minute as well right yeah you like you like set it down on the edge of the fire get the the chocolate a little melty a little melty yeah Yeah, not too melty but you don't want to be chopping into a full-on you know candy bar yeah exactly exactly but then on the flip side if you got like the especially the super jumbo marshmallows. If you've seen those, they're like two inches in diameter. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for like burn, peel, eat, burn, peel, eat. Like I love that. But that's only when I'm strictly just eating the marshmallows. Yeah, you get it. I, I'm yeah. with you on that, man. I mean, for a long time, I was anti-fire. I was of the mindset of if it catches on fire, you've done too much. But I think... I just enjoy blowing the marshmallow out and then being like, peel it off or even just eat it whole then. Yeah. But like crisp the outside a little bit. You know, like I don't want to be brown, like yeah. all brown, but like I love that golden brown that you can get sometimes. Yeah. If, you, a, if you're, again, if you're eating a whole marshmallow, then get a golden brown and eat the whole marshmallow. If yeah. you got the jump and you're going with the layers, you, you get a good melty inside. So the, the peel comes off real nice. And then you can just do that three or four times, you know? I'm, but I'm only like a two or three marshmallow man. Like I can't yeah, oh, do you can't more. eat more than that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. Kid, it's like, maybe. 
Yeah, no, now it's like how you get two in you and you're like, oh, it's a little sweet. I'm, so, I'm that way with s'mores. I'm like a one and done s'mores guy too. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not like a, I got to have it when I'm around a fire, but when you do, it's, it definitely sets a mood and like it almost is a way to to remember the moment. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we're we're way off topic. Yeah, but and I well, and I'm a big advocate for Reese's cups instead of Hershey bars. Yeah, big well, advocate for that. I gotta try that. Also, I never yeah, thought about doing dark chocolate. Everybody always does milk chocolate. Well, I, dark chocolate doesn't mm. melt as well as okay. milk chocolate does. That's that's why. But yeah, do a Hershey's cup, like a Hershey's peanut butter or Reese's peanut butter cup, and then it also grabs the marshmallow a little bit better because it just like it kind of sits right down on the. The circular surface there. You got some marshmallow in my chocolate. Got, got some peanut butter. You in got my... <laughs> you got chocolate in my peanut butter. I'm Officer Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Family uh, Guy reference for you guys. Yeah, one of oh, man, few. I'm not a big Family Guy too, guy. Um, I had to throw out because this is just a great Cartoon Network reference in this one. That when Susan eats cool. the marshmallow for the first time and she goes obsessed over sugar, I couldn't help but that. Reminding me of the sugar episode of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, where why is that so familiar? I, I can't. Yeah, they have the house party, it. and Mac gets. He's like, "No, Blue, I don't want sugar. I don't want sugar." Gets one drop of like sugar-filled punch on his tongue, takes his clothes off, and then just starts going <laughs> crazy. That's awesome. Is it like another one of those like metaphors for being drunk at a party sort of a thing? That they <laughs> yeah, do it's kind of the metaphor for childhood drunkness is like the sugar high sugar high yeah yeah that's great man i don't i my i've been thinking about going back and rewatching foster's home a little oh, bit man that that and could then, be a uh, great podcast on its own too it could be i i've been doing hey arnold i gotta say the music for hey arnold is mm. unreal like yeah. i love that jazzy whatever is happening because it's not straight jazz but it's definitely like a funky jazz it's great it's great yeah yeah but not as good as the Susan Strong song, right? <laughs> yeah, the no, Susan Strong that she sings, the one that yeah, real good, real good, man. man. Well, I I do have we we talked so much about Susan's development. We talked about you know the situation with her do we being. Do, do we do Jake mistakes? The Jake mistake is he completely just sits background for like this entire episode and mm. it's fine when when finn is doing his learning he jake is seeing that finn's developing obviously he gets really sad when you bring up humans and uh, i think even when the humans are attacking he's he's letting the candy people just defend their own kingdom he's not just going out there like smashing all the humans up yeah i think what about my you? my jake mistake was uh he didn't Rule them like gods, <laughs> like angry gods. Angry gods. That's my Jake mistake. He really <laughs> he missed out on a great opportunity to be a fascist ruler, just like Princess Bubblegum. Yeah, he could have stayed down in the underground uh, vault while Finn went up with Susan, and then Jake ruled them like an angry god. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jake's probably had a lot of opportunities to do that in his life, and I just wonder, like, what other people he may have ruled as an angry god in his past life. I, you I know, know. Or I he's getting know. too much influence from Princess Bubblegum. Maybe so. Hanging Maybe. out too much. He he desires to be the ruler, of, angry ruler of a, of a kingdom and godlike so at the same time. It's so good. It is really good. Well, yeah, he, I didn't notice that. He, did, he really did take a backseat this episode other than blowing the fire onto the marshmallow pe- kids. Um, yeah. Sick people. 
Yeah. Well, and we 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 bring up the Jake mistakes t- like typically when we're like Jake's OP and we're going through yeah. a issue like a bunch of weird humans like coming to attack us and he could have just been like <laughs> like may not have been real Jake mistake this episode, but certainly he yeah. just didn't. I I think that Jake's much. you know like you know m- not mantra but like the way he goes about issues and stuff is he he does wait strategically until the last moment to intervene. And I think it's a lot, yeah. and especially from the Finn side of things, he's there, like we've talked about before for Finn, like learning lessons. And he really wants like to not just be Finn's like out, you know, that Finn needs to solve these problems for the, his development. I feel like there's gotta be something from uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War, you know, that Jake must have read at some point in his life. I don't know. Yeah. He, that's, he that's, seems that's, to really have a good mindset for like when he needs to step in. That's very true. That's very, yeah. and that like, yeah, because he's more OP than, you know, 70% of other adventure time entities out there, you know? True. Well, but outside of incremental time, where are we going next? Incremental Dad? time. <laughs> <laughs> Learning in increments. Almost, almost my tops for this episode. I, just, I know. I, ha- yeah. I had it as a list first, but so then I was good. like, oh, there's so much better stuff in that one. I, I just love when they flash like the, the sword title yeah. card. It's growing on me a lot. It yeah. Is. I remember they did it first time in the first episode and you were like, I thought it was funny, but I thought it was kind of weird, you know? Yeah, well, the one that I just love the one, the video game episode where it was like green and like an alter, like an alternative art. That was, yeah. I think, one of my favorites. But anyway. Yeah, there's there's some really good alt art episodes in the show. And there's some there's like one or two that I absolutely hate, the artwork. It's There's a couple that are just really? like trippy. Yeah. We'll get well, to those. We'll discuss them. We but. digress. A blue, blue, blue. A blue, blue, blue. Now, I did pull out just... My in my it's my lesson, it's my deep thoughts, it's everything that is beneath the surface level of this episode is Finn's development. Um, okay. and it's the fact that this is the last episode before he turns 13. Um, we have Mystery Train next week, and it's his birthday, which we realize he's transitioning from 12 to 13. Um, huge point in your life, you know, 13 is typically the point yeah. where you're like, you know, you're a man, you are a te- at least a teen, you're not considered a child anymore, you know. Your your mind is wiped and you're no longer part about or part of the codename kids next door, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like there's a lot that happens there. Yeah. And and I see that with Finn in this episode is that you know, we've seen him growing up liking girls, wanting to impress Princess Bubblegum, but we start this episode off in just when he brings up like humans in front of print or princess bubblegum brings up humans and Finn's like, I kind of get, you know, like sad when I, t-. and you see Jake's face, face get really nervous. Like he's seen Finn been triggered by this. And I think Finn does a great job of being, you know, pretty much grounded, pretty much okay with the universe he lives in, but there is something in him missing. Um, so the first aspect of this is the 12 going on 13 and Susan Strong artistically is got, I mean, I'm just going to say it like, like huge legs and big boobs, you know? And it was a very interesting decision, I think, for the artists to go this way. Not only that it's just like the most sexualized character at this point, but is it? That, I guess I so. mean, there's Marcy and there's PB, but everybody's kind of got, you know, very... She just seems so strong. She did, yeah. I didn't really... She didn't strike me too much as like 
sexy. She's not my sexy character of the episode. I, I wasn't. But, I wasn't say like not like oh yeah, Susan Strong's so sexy. It's more like it's okay. just sexualized, like the the prominent features, and that's not Certainly. been drawn in to Adventure Time yet. And I think that they do it to a point where they're sh- they're saying that like Finn is young. Finn is young and developing, um, and that you know humans still have like their characteristics about them, you know? And I think yeah. that one, there there had to have been some bit of Finn as a 12 going on 13 year old where it was intriguing to him. He's never like seen another human, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. So that had to be like, and they, they didn't like go on this in the episode. I'm thinking this is all like hypothetical. And there's no, like, yeah, there's no like weird sexual tension between them mm-hmm. necessarily that we are observing. I mean, even when I made my joke about you turn my heart on, it's not like he's like turned on by her that we know no. of, you know? No, no, not. And, and they, they do a good job. And, and that kind of leads into my second point is when Finn is so enamored with her and he gets the bright eyes and stuff. I think it's, it's not sexualized. It's just actually this lack of human connection. And I wanted to dig into that a little bit more. So I, I found an yeah. article from Psychology Today um, kind of about lack of, uh, you know, interaction. And there was a lot of stuff online that, you know, was just more about like human connection, like just personal connection. And I was like, Finn gets a lot of that. You know, Finn gets a lot of, he's got his best friends. He's got, you know, the hero mentality. He gets a lot of, you know, extroverted connections, but... There is something from this article in Psychology Today that's called the self-expansion opportunity. So according to this theory, there's one benefit of relationships that we can gain new knowledge and experiences by spending time with someone else. But uh, even though a dissimilar person would be more than likely to act, like actually provide new knowledge and experience, provide ex- perspectives, research, research has shown that people are more likely to see, see self-expansion opportunities when interacting with someone who is similar rather than dissimilar to him, to them. So although, yeah, Susan Strong can't even speak English, like uh, she's like basically a wild animal at this point, Finn sees this opportunity for self-exploration, self-expansion within himself that he hasn't had with any other reaction, any other relationship in Ooh. And I just had to spend a moment like that's like, what would you do if you yeah, had never seen another human in your life? You know, like what would you be excited? Would you be scared? You know? Well, we see the toll that that's taken on him a little bit in this episode because it's never really brought up. I think we've talked about, and I think in other episodes, they've talked about the lack of humans or how he's the only human or something. And that could be yeah. wrong, but he it's the first time we see him get, as he says, soul searching and weird, you know, and he clearly is missing something. And so, as you're saying, like he identifies this could be the only other human I've ever met in my life outside of, you know, my parents, which I don't remember because I was way too young. And this is an opportunity to, to learn about myself because, yeah. That, and I could be just repeating what you just said in a sense, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I've never done this before or been in the situation yeah. where I had an opportunity to ask someone who is like me, about us and about like how you work, how I work or whatever, because clearly the rules of ooh for what, you know, is life or what is not life or what is uh, a living or animated or has aspirations as we yeah. saw in this episode, like meaning like 
if it's got aspirations, you can't kill it. You can't eat yeah, it. Yeah, you know, if, it, if it's like, sentient, yeah, the sentience of these beings, and that's that's why I was like, yeah, Finn has no. But they lack. all work so different. Yeah, you know? and it's, well, it's like he has gotten the development on the side of where most of us fall short is we don't know enough or have enough interaction with people who are different from us and grow our perspective. And that Finn has, that's the only thing he has is from every kingdom, different types of can, different types of problems. We got choose goose. We got candy kingdom. We've got hot dog people. You know, we've got, you know, we've, we've got everything he has to, especially because he's like trying to befriend everybody. He's got to have great perspective on, you know, seeing people for who they really are. Incredibly accepting. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 open, which is great. on the opposite side of us, like we, we spend lots of time, tend to spend lots of time with people who have similar thoughts that look similar to us, that have similar upbringings. And then we lack the uh, enough perspective gaining and that Finn's doing it backwards. He's like, Oh my gosh, I have to figure out who I am as a human species because I've never had that experience before. It is really interesting to think that he sees her and he connects instantly with her. Like the way that we psychologically connect with people or that look or seem similar to us or have a similar cultural background or whatever it is, like whether it's intentional or not, and it's not like a judgy way, but I I do feel like there's definitely something innate within us that makes us want to connect with people that seem so similar to us just in general. Mm -hmm, You know, and again, it could play into the thing you were talking about with psychology, but but certainly with Finn, you know, I think it's just like, it just proves that like, or at least, I mean, this cartoon, but it seems to prove that like, there's something, there's like a deeper bond immediately between the two of them. Yeah. And oh, we, yeah. we and see an incredible no language bond with either, him and Jake, you know. but it's so different. Yeah. With the language barrier, with, with all these barriers around them and, and their, their, uh, their growth and, and their environments growing up. There's there's massive walls there that they have to tear down, but there's something connecting the two of them that allows them to get through those walls so quickly. Yeah, and I and it has to be the fact that I would say when in in the the Susan Strong song that Finn sings, when the end of it, when he's like, "You turned my heart on," I was like, um, "Yeah, it could be looked at as like Finn has another crush." But when you really dive deep into it, it's Finn. It's like unlocking a new side of Finn that he is no longer alone in this world as a human that it has turned his heart on and he has this new outlook that there, I mean, maybe it's a hopeful outlook. Maybe it's a lack of being alone outlook, but that's, I think that's why Finn is so enamored and it's, it all has to do with just like the human connection in my, in my opinion. It's interesting too, like all the princesses other than PB and uh, Marceline are so like in love with Finn all the time and immediately but I don't, we don't get that vibe from, from her. Like she's obviously very enamored by him. But again, I think it's that bond. I don't think it's at all like Susan is like, oh, I love Finn. Finn's so hot, you know, or anything like that. I think it's, it's just a matter yeah. of, and, of and connection. We can say Susan's is the opposite, that she's been around creatures that look like her, act like yeah. her, walk like her, but she's never had the self-expansion opportunity that is the perspective gaining one that it is somebody who's like her in physical appearance but again nothing like her in the way she acts and that she's getting more of the perspective gain out of this finn's getting the whole like wow i'm not alone but she's getting the whole like wow there's so much in the world that i need to learn you know 
And that's yeah. why she's so enamored with him. And that's that hesitation, man, at the end of the episode. That's yeah. where that comes in, where she's just it's like, do I go back? or growth. Yeah. Ah, that's so good. I know. that's, And I was like, oh, that's why, again, just the, the character development of Susan Strong, where we get her backstory in the Islands miniseries. It's just like, this is the first moment of a great, great new perspective and deep deepness behind the show is, you know, we, we focus on Finn's growth all the time, but Susan Strong's story is so powerful at the same time too. It's, it's great. I'm, I'm really excited for it. I, I'm here for this journey. I'm, I'm here to see what happens with Susan Strong. I'm, I'm yeah. excited for that. I'm for super sure. excited, but man, that's, yeah. Whew, that's a lot of deep stuff right there. So I, like I, 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 like I don't, it. I don't know what, again, well, let's go lessons. light real fast. Let's go oh, light, light real okay, fast. Okay, light, we'll light before we go to lessons. We have never used this soundbite, and I keep forgetting to have <laughs> <laughs> to have uh, DJ Cowboy Hat put the soundbite in, but I do have a sexy character of the episode. I want to have your baby. Wow. All right. Well, that's not the soundbite, Ned. Hopefully, <laughs> the soundbite was in there, and y'all heard the soundbite. It's something about wanting to have your baby. Um, my, I want to have your baby. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, if we need a new one, because we lost it, we've never used it. We've had it for weeks and weeks. But um, Susan Strong, when she plays the Warhorn, it's not Susan Strong. I said that. It's the just grass girl with the panda hat. She's my sexy really. character. And I'm pleading the fifth on why that is. Okay. But she's my sexy character of the episode. I don't know. I think I just, if I were to have one, it was lost when they were all fish people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you leave the hat on. No, I'm just <laughs> you just leave a little bit of ambiguity in there. Got to have the hat on. Got to have the hat on. <laughs> uh, you know, it's before I knew she was a fish. Um, yeah. Anyways. Gut reaction. The, the just character. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Well, you know, and to what you were saying earlier about Susan Strong, like she is a um, developed human. Yeah. And that is the joke there yeah. or the reason well, why. And it comes to play too in the maturity aspect when, and this is not necessarily a spoiler drop. I know you've seen uh, Fiona and Cake referenced. It's like I the have anti I won't, I won't spoil anything about yeah, I don't their really character understand what it is. I've read notes and they've taught, even listened to podcasts where they talked about, you know, she's supposed to be the counterpart with Finn, but she also has more like developed features. But they said it was it was kind of the artist of the show saying, you know, that girls mature quicker than guys. And honestly, all the stories with Fiona and Cake, Fiona is m more mature than Finn. Like even from a like from a personality standpoint, she kind of makes more rationalized decisions. Kind of talks a little bit less like a kid. And so I think that they they just are making points about Finn's development that he's only thirteen and he's still young and he's like about to start going through puberty <laughs> and it's yeah. just kind of like that juxtaposing nature of susan strong and fiona and cake and stuff like that are we far off from all of that stuff i don't i don't think we're too far off i know we get a fiona and cake coming up in season three i'm very interested in yeah. all of that and how it plays in because i have no clue but i'm very yeah interested well and the really fun part about adventure time is there's a lot that's left ambiguous on purpose and they give some explanation to Fiona and Cake. They give you little tidbits to go off of to like to have lots of theoretically speakings, how it ties into the universe. But there's never a, you know, rock solid answer, which is, I think, just absolutely genius. Cool. 
Well, Ned, what's your lesson for the episode? Oh man, I'd say, you know, end of the episode brought it home with my first lesson. Like we're all wild animals, brother. And I thought mm. that was just so genius in terms of, you know, it, we we referenced it early in the episode with like, these are just wild animals. But then also at the same time being like, Jake and Finn's perspective on the world is just like, we're all the same, man. You know, and I love that. And then my second one was that human connection is inherently something we crave. And we're always on a philosophical hunt for. Um, and, and we really want to find those relationships with people, connections with people that are similar to us. But also we need to find the ones that are different from us and that grow our perspective. And, and we don't get sucked into that funnel of like one track mindedness. I don't know. That's, that's a very wordy lesson, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a great lesson. Uh, mine is much more silly. Uh, I didn't have any silly ones. Well, it's, it's just kind of me apologizing for my almost lovely this episode. Uh, my lesson is don't ever let a potential fascist fascist be your lovely. Yeah. Don't ever let princess bubblegum be your lovely for the episode. That's my lesson. That's what I learned. That's a very good lesson. She'll but, never be. Well, I can't promise that. She might be one day, but I'm going to try my best not to fall for the Princess Bubblegum charm. Other than she, sexy characters, she can she can be that. She she's got to, but. she's got some redeeming episodes in the future where she uh, actually sure self reflects that she's not perfect, and that's yeah. that's a little bit more like lovely Princess Bubblegum coming up. Yeah. All right. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Us, we'll see when we get there. Tell us where we can find us. Yeah. Well, first off, thank y'all so much for listening. Another great episode. Uh, I really enjoyed. I, I knew this was going to be a good one. And I just loved t- talking about Susan Strong for a bit and hearing Ned's, man, some deep thoughts, some deep yeah. like research you did on this episode. That was really cool. Yeah. It was, a, um, it was a fun one to research. Yeah. I'm I'm sure, man. And and I'm I'm still like trying to figure out that balance between like, do I research things that I don't really know if they even apply to Adventure Time and, and spend that time or, or how do I go about this? But I think, you know, I, I like the aspects of you bringing something if, if it makes sense or, well, I, you know, I like we had you. Allie on and Allie yeah. talked about, is that before or after this episode? Before that was this before episode. this episode. Yeah. yeah and so about have Allie come on and talk about Greek mythology. That was really cool, you know? So, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we love all of you guys. Thank you so much for traveling, uh, with us on this, this awesome adventure of podcasting and community growth and, Listen in if you can go on to Apple Podcasts, even if you don't listen there and write a review, leave leave a rating. It helps us so much with our SEO, trying to get up there. Um, you know, and, and hopefully be the biggest adventure time podcast one day. Yeah. You know, we want I mean? to be we want we want to be brought in by Cartoon Network for some sort of great special That'd be adventure crazy. time review. Love it. That'd be, that would be crazy. You can also check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast, and email us your thoughts, your opinions, whatever, at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. And also check us out on YouTube. Ned, I almost forgot, and I do feel bad because I totally promised this person we would talk about this. It wasn't through the email. Um, sorry, I'm doing this on the fly. I am looking up a screenshotted a message that we were sent about Susan Strong a little while oh, ago. Nice. Um, if it'll pop up somewhere in my photos, did I not screenshot it? Man, we might have to take a break and maybe I'll I'll come back to it in our uh, our outro after you outro. 
All right. Well, Let's thank you that. guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll bring it up in the outro because this is yeah. Any of y'all's thoughts on Susan Strong, like you know, super canon characters? We want to hear it because I know we're getting deep, but we're uh, every time somebody comments on something, I'm like, wow, that's great perspective, and and I love all of y'all's perspective. So it has been great, guys. Apologies, I I don't want to be canceled or uh, <laughs> you know ripped on for talking about sexuality and adventure time too. So I'm very cognizant of that. And I want you guys to all remember I'm doing it purely analytical, purely diving deep and, and not trying to be offensive towards anybody either. So Ned, I got it. Let's just do it. We're here. Let's do it. Um, So Finn T human, which great name on Instagram. T human. uh, He says, so about Susan Strong or this episode, he says, yeah, I always thought it was really, it really showed how different Adventure Time was from the other shows airing at the time. Like not only did it show a part of Finn that wants to feel less alone and I guess, but it, or I guess, but it also kind of shows how supportive Jake was in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Typically, I feel like we uh, will still see best friends constantly fighting, but he kind of just always supports Finn. And I think that's a really good point. I mean, we really do see this is me talking and not yeah. what Fenty Human said, but we we really do see Jake kind of being like, man, you know, like I hate that you're the only human or whatever. Like, let me cheer you up. Like, throw me at a, a stump and I'll explode it out yeah, of the ground. Let me, like, let me cheer you up. Yeah, and like he he sees this opportunity for oh, Finn has met another human potentially. Like, I'll become a couch and raise y'all up, and like I'll play music for you while y'all bond over like you know, marshmallows and all that. Like there's a lot there that Finn or Jake is playing in the background, but he is really just doing it so that Finn could grow and have this moment with this other human. And yeah, absolutely. It's a really good point. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, thank you, Finn T human. Keep, keep sending things our way. Yeah, please do. All right, y'all. Last thing I got to say, Ned party forever. I would love to do guys.